everybody would go, if God wants to speak, let him speak to the church because we have ears to listen. Yeah, that's good. And I I would, I, so here's my hobby horse, Christine. Oh, here it comes. (laughs) Here it comes. I think that this aspect of church life is what we're missing. The prophetic? Yep. Welcome to the Prophecy Project, an accessible prophecy podcast. In each episode, we explore some aspect of prophecy, from theology and practical aspects of hearing God, through to leading healthy prophetic cultures and exploring how prophecy can enhance local mission. Accessible Prophecy is a global ministry that helps individuals grow in the prophetic and helps local churches grow healthy and mature prophetic cultures. And now here are your hosts, Andrew Hill and Christine Wanstall. Well, welcome to the um, Prophecy Project. That's an amazing title, isn't it, Chris? And great to have you back again. It's awesome to be here, Andrew. I know, we finally nailed the name of the the podcast and it's up and running. We are off. We are off. It's fantastic and and so good to start exploring. Actually, you could take that... You could take that two ways. We're not off, off. We're off and running. Maybe we should and, say that. Yeah, maybe we should say off and running. <laughs> that's that's actually a better way of doing it. Off and running and live on whatever streaming service you want. You can actually see our lovely faces on, know, YouTube on YouTube if you want. <laughs> it's really cool, isn't it? Oh, dear. Hey, Chris, today we're going to talk about prophecy in the church. Excellent. Uh, a, a subject that is very much misunderstood, I think, by some people. Some people um, think, oh, we don't need the pro- the prophetic in the church. You know, we don't need the prophetic having an influence in the church. You know, shepherd teachers, that's where it's really at. And so, you know, we go to church for three purposes, worship, uh, community, and teaching. And so where's prophetic in that? And um, But actually, the prophetic has a, a huge role to play and probably an understated in the past role um, within the church. So we're going to have a conversation about this one today. That sounds pretty exciting. So what do you, what do you think? What do you think? What, where's, where's your, I, I don't know, where's the starting point for you when you think about prophetic and the church? Um, I probably come back to what's been my own experience in the past and I also think about what are the questions that are commonly asked now so if I think about my own experience in the past I grew up in quite a conservative uh, Anglican church actually and there it was very much um, traditional worship um I was an acolyte. We had processions. It was the the full bit, which um, I loved. I loved the tradition, and there there is something in that ritual that can really hold people. Um, but there probably for some at sometimes there was a dynamic missing for me, um, and there wasn't the sense of God speaking into spaces. And so then when I started to explore a bit more around the Holy Spirit and the dynamic of that, um, we just saw a real shift. So we, you know, the different churches that we've been part of over the times, I guess I've experienced churches where there's a real freedom of prophetic words being shared, people hopping up and sharing things that they felt God was saying. Um, 
I saw some challenges in that around uh, maybe some inappropriate things or um, maybe some more directive words. Uh, so people, you know, there was a real risk of people being impacted. But I think if I go to today, like the predominant conversation that I will have with churches is either um, we know that prophecy or the prophetic is one of the gifts, but we don't know how to do it. We don't know how to recognize it. And we're a bit scared about it being stewarded well. So we're a bit concerned if we let it loose. Uh, are we going to be swinging from the chandeliers? Are we going to leave our brains at the door? Um, so I think there's a real, there's a real diversity. <laughs> I love that. Diverse... We're thinking about the prophetic and leaving our brains at the door. That's how we talk about the prophetic in the church. Well, I mean, there's yeah. some, like, there... <laughs> uh, I think there's some of that, though. Like, a yeah, I agree. I would agree with you. Yeah. I think sometimes people think that they they do. They have to, you know, just leave it all behind and okay, you know, this is what we're gonna this is what we're gonna do. But is that is that really the case? Like, is that what oh, you no. found? No, 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 no. So I think there's. Um, I've started to think about a phrase that is: we need to engage. Our, God wants us to engage our hearts, and He wants us to engage our minds. Because yeah. often if we have churches that are very word-based or teacher, pastor, um, mm. we'll engage our heads because it's all around what information we want to share. But I think we also, God is also wanting us to engage our hearts around what is he wanting to speak into us? How does he want to speak into our souls? Um, yeah. And and that requires us to engage our hearts. But I think we're we do these pendulum swings in church, Andrew. Like we go from one extreme to the other. Um, and so then it's a real challenge to find this sort of moderate space to exist. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think around prophecy in the church? Well, I, I sort of shared a little bit of my background, I think, in our first, in our first podcast. Um, but I think for me, you know, having grown, I grew up, I don't know, in the the Methodist tradition and which then went uniting. And then when Leanne and I met, um, I started going to her church, which was Wesleyan Methodist. And while I was there, and nothing against any of those churches, like, no. yeah. man, like great churches, they're doing amazing stuff in, in their own areas. Um, but for us, one of the things that we felt like we, we wanted to be, I guess, pursuing more of the Holy Spirit. And so when then we got when we got married we started going to um as i said you know church called careforce church back then it was mount evelyn christian fellowship now it's discovery church and it was a bit more i guess um you know charismatic pentecostal flavor um and as we as we started to be exposed to i guess the move of the holy spirit the that whole aspect of the prophetic started to come out more um, within that church context now um, and so for me that was something that almost became I don't know normal that you know the prophetic was and and the Holy Spirit was at work in the church and so the prophetic was being demonstrated but 
I think over time in seeing and in moving from, you know, to a couple of different churches and then seeing other churches um, through different roles that I've had, you start to see that, I don't know, maybe the prophetic isn't celebrated as much as what it could be. And I think maybe even, and, and look, a friend of mine would probably say it this way, that the prophetic is tolerated rather than celebrated. Oh, that's an interesting statement. Hmm. Yeah. And, and so for me, I look at it and I go, that's sad. Because in a you know in the book of Ephesians we know that it was he who gave some to be pastors, some to be prophets, some to be teachers, some to be apostles, and some to be evangelists. So that those fivefold ministry gifts given to the church, prophetic is one of those, and it yeah. doesn't say, and we should seek teaching as the foremost gift or the shepherd as the foremost gift. Actually, elsewhere in the Bible it talks about, and we should. Eagerly desire to prophesy. Yeah. And so I sit there and I go, oh, my goodness. There's There's been a tendency towards, and I think you're right, a tendency towards teaching in the church, maybe because it's easier to control. Uh, maybe that's an interesting dynamic right there. We know that, you know, look, churches, particularly in the seeker movement, the seeker-sensitive movement, that um and when was that was that the 80s or the 90s i can never remember (laughs) (laughs) but but we wanted to make everything visitor friendly let's say that visitor or seeker friendly and that's okay which i you don't want a train wreck in church so you don't want someone hijacking the mic and going on for you know a long time about a particular thing which people don't necessarily understand but i but i think that the Holy Spirit wants to move how he wants to move and maybe he wants to say some things to the church and that is good if he does and and he uses people to do that. Yeah. Now, I know that that's going to be a statement that people go, but hang on, how do we do that within our church? And, oh, my goodness, that's going to cause this and this and this. Yeah, it doesn't have to. Mm. I, I was part of a church where we actually got prophetic words sent in, emailed People prayed, they sent prophetic words into a leadership team and we, we could then, you know, share them with the church. We could pray through them. We could talk about them with the people who were sending them in. It's so good to actually stir up these different gifts rather than just push them aside. Uh, there's so many things there around structure, like how do you create safe environments for the prophetic to be shared? But there's... Um, yeah, there's something there for me around um, how do we create a space and a safety to embrace all of the gifts? Because I think yes. we talk about pastor, teacher and prophecy being tolerated, but also I think there's a real challenge. We accept evangelists. So if we think about Ephesians 4, because we know that we should evangelise, so we accept yeah. evangelists, but I think apostles sort of sit in the, about the same area as, as prophets, maybe a bit misunderstood or, and, and maybe I think some of that is our own fault when um, apostles or prophets have attempted to find space for themselves and maybe have done it in unhelpful ways and maybe yeah. to try and redeem 
you know, maybe we need to redeem the gift within the church because, you know, there's always this element that we have to contextualize what it looks like. And so part of my journey is identifying that some of the models of prophecy really weren't helpful for me in how I was to use my prophetic gift, but actually God contextualizing my gift in the community that I'm in means that it's not, it shouldn't create waves. It actually should bring life and vibrancy. So if I think about what should the prophetic bring to a church, we should, it should bring life. Like it should bring that dynamic of, I feel like this is what God is saying today. I feel like this is, uh, it should align with scripture. It's, you know, we should have spaces to discern and weigh the words, but it should be that vibrancy, that sense of God being present and speaking now rather yeah. than, you know, 50 years ago. Um, so you were talking about, you know, making things accessible. And I think actually we can go back hundreds of years with the Reformation that actually the Reformation was bringing Scripture to be accessible to everyone, not just the elite. And yeah. so, um, you know, we, we know that services were conducted in Latin and that most people in the service actually didn't know what was going on. And so a lot of the movements that have swung from one extreme to the other is actually about creating an environment for people to encounter God. Yeah. So if I think about the foundation purpose of the prophetic gift, it actually is to reveal the heart of God. And so... Within the church, the prophetic gift, the soul, not this, but one of the key purposes of the prophetic gift should be seeing God's heart and his mind revealed to the people of the church. Wow. And so when we think about that, like if we pair it back to that, then we go, well, that can be contextualized in a whole bunch of different ways. Yeah. That's so good. Because if, if that's true, then God is wanting to speak to his people all the time, not just through the preaching of the word, but because actually through... it can through... happen. It can happen yeah, through that. Absolutely. Absolutely it can. Absolutely it can. But but there are other ways that he's wanting to speak. Absolutely. And, and so by not bringing... And, and look, as leaders... We do have to think about our church. We have to think about our context. We have to think about our people and the safety of our people and all those sorts of things. But I think that's the that's the responsibility of leadership, that we take on that. Um, a, a friend of mine, uh, and many, many people would know Dale Stevenson. He's the senior pastor at Crossway. And he used to have a phrase that, that you know, he taught all of us on staff at Crossway, where, which was, um, we take care of the complexity so it makes it simple for the individual. Okay, ah. We take care of all the complexity, so it makes it simple for the individual. Now I put that in a church perspective, um, Sunday morning, for example. Well, if we're going to bring the prophetic into our churches, then let's take care of the complexity and make it simple for the people of our church to understand what is going on within our church at that particular point in time. You know, teach on the Holy Spirit, teach on the gifts and and start to stir up the gifts. Let's take care of all that complexity. You know, get people praying, get people reading their Bibles, get people seeking God and and then get them emailing in words that they feel like they have and and you know, put some 
um, I guess, leadership around these different gifts so that it becomes safe and, um, and I don't want to say secure, but you know what I mean, you know, yeah. whatever that word is, but, but it become we put some safety nets around what we're doing and we can guide, um, guide people in their development of their use of the gifts, just like we do when it comes to teaching when it comes to, you know, dealing with people and, and the shepherding gift. And just like we do when we talk about evangelism, like, you know, there's all these sorts of things that we teach people about. Well, why don't we do it about this gift as well? I love that. There's, um, you know, you were saying that the Holy Spirit can speak during the week and people were emailing words in. Like, I have to confess, um, you know, when I was worship leading, probably in the 90s, um, I would pick my songs probably on Sunday morning, and <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, and all um, the music pastors around the nation went. Oh. <laughs> and um, I remember my pastor at the time going, "Pissed? Why? Why do you like? Why? Come on, why?" And I said, "Because you know the Holy Spirit speaks to me then," and he's like. What, does the Holy Spirit not speak to you Monday to Friday as well? Like, surely the Holy Spirit, is this just an excuse for you being disorganised? And I went... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty well. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's just me being disorganised and I'm couching it around. The, ho- the Spirit hasn't moved yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> but I That's... think there are... Um, like it does, like even though it's hilarious that, and I feel sorry, I apologise to the church for my disorganisation, um, which is really amusing because I am totally organised now. Um, but I think there can be an element that we, um, I was thinking about the other day, that God moves and then we sort of think that the only way God can move in the future is exactly the same. So we oh, have yeah. to recreate that context and that environment. It's like, you know, if mm. we have an amazing service, then, you know, we play the same songs again and hope that God turns up again. Um, like I wonder if there's a little bit of that for us as well. And so if we, because there is a bit of a swing to, well, if we put, you know, structure and organisation around it, does that mean that the spirit won't move? And I think, no, it actually means that we create that safety net, that sort of freedom in framework sort of concept of we need some of that structure and that safety so people can engage. Um, yeah. Because not everyone God, is a go, in, go with the flow sort of person. Yeah. Totally. And yet if God is doing something in the midst, I think that's, again, here's the thing, leaders... It's our responsibility to go, God is doing something within our midst. Let's go with God. So I, I love this phrase, structure submits to spirit. Ah. So we can plan. Let's plan as much as we can. Let's plan our services. Let's put things in planning centre. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all that. But let our structure submit to the Holy Spirit and and give it over like even in your in your prayer meetings before your services, I know this is one thing that we used, that we continually did, um, was we would say, God, we've prepared. We've done our bit. Now it's up to you. Have your way. You take control. This is not about us. This is about you and what you're wanting to do with your people. We're ready so that 
when you move, we are expecting him to move, that says, when yeah. you move, we will go with you wherever you lead us. Yeah, and so awesome. if that means that, you know, someone has a word and, you know, comes down the front and says to, I don't know, one of the pastors, this is what I'm feeling, and you, you interrupt worship, oh, my goodness, would we be okay if he interrupted the flow of our three songs that we've prepared? Oh, my goodness, I would be, yes. Well, it depends if it's between the bridge and the chorus, Andrew. Like, oh, it depends if, we, if we're doing a bit of a bridge chorus momentum yeah. thing. That's true. And we've got the we we've got the riff happening on the guitar and the drum solo that's going just, you know, so so well. I think everybody would go, if God wants to speak, let him speak to the church. Because yeah. we have ears to listen. Yeah, that's I would, good. And I I would I so here's my hobby horse, Christine. I Oh, here it comes. Here it comes. I think that this aspect of church life is what we're missing. And, the prophetic? And, yeah. And this whole idea of, you know, structure submitting to spirit, God interrupting what we've planned and us prepared to go with him. Because I think, I know that we're all concerned about post, you know, post-service attendance, uh, post-COVID service attendance. If that was happening, I reckon people would people would show up because they're going, I want to intersect with God again. I want to meet with God again. I don't just want to turn up and sing some songs and hear some preaching and some announcements and go home. And and I know that's not what we plan as pastors and leaders, but sometimes I think that's what we get. And so having the prophetic, having that Holy Spirit move within the life of our churches, I think people want. I, I, I had a conversation with a group of friends uh, over summer and I said to I said to my friends, why do people go to church? <laughs> and they and we came down to those three reasons I reeled off before: community, preaching, and worship. And I said, well, that's great, but what about what about the encounters with the Holy Spirit? The those real life encounters where you just you almost go, oh my goodness, this is I feel like I'm I'm meeting with God in these moments because. He just interrupted this and, oh, my goodness, this is, I've been thirsty for living water. Oh, my goodness, I just drank this morning. Not I got fed. We always want to get fed. But I drank from a well this morning. Isn't there some scripture, you know, my soul thirsts after you? mm, mm, Um, That sense of soul... Um, and I think that's the power of the prophetic is that it speaks through, um, it speaks to the deep places in us. It's God reaching in and revealing himself to us. Totally. And I th- I think we, we are dealing with a, a generation of people, not just a generation, we're dealing with a society, a community of people who are not just hungry for the word, they're thirsty for the spirit. Yeah, and that's awesome. I, I sit there at the moment and I I go, only the people of God submitting to the power of God, humbling themselves and saying, God, we've prepared, now you take control. It's all in your hands. And, And saying that and almost getting out of the way to say, God, you do what you want to do in these moments and we're trusting you. Now, uh, people right. do amazing things. So, 
So here's my question though. If I'm so if I'm listening to this and yeah. I'm in a conservative traditional church where mm-hmm. um, you know the word prophecy hasn't been mentioned for 150 years and actually creates a bit of an allergic reaction. Or maybe I'm in a church where we overswung and people are scared about it negatively impacting us. Yep. How would we try and take small steps to bring this back into the life of our church? That's a great question. And I and I think What's your answer? I think, oh. <laughs> You may, not, you may not. They may not like it. Fix, they may not like it. Yeah, here's where we turn off this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're going to switch off right now. If we haven't switched off before, because Andrew's been on his rant. Um, I, I look. I think that's the task of leadership, and it's what you said before. It's contextualising, and I think you've got to take people on a journey. That's our responsibility as leaders. We have to take people on the journey. If we're in a conservative. Um, a conservative church and you know the holy spirit hasn't been you know talked about or prof- the prophetic hasn't been talked about well maybe it's time that we started to drip some things you know you don't just throw the bucket of water over everyone and drench them it's like oh that wasn't very nice it's it's you know leading people in that way but exposing them just as we just as we talk about you know the preaching of the word um to utilize the preaching of the word to teach the whole of the word, I was in a pastor's gathering a week or so ago with a, one of my Old Testament lecturers from Bible College, and he said, "I don't think the Old Testament's preached enough." And I and I sat there and I've gone, "You're absolutely right," and I don't think the Holy Spirit is preached enough either. I think we talk about the we teach from the letters, we will talk about the gospel, we will talk about Jesus very freely, but then what about the gifts and what about the Holy Spirit and what about fivefold? And so I would continue to I'd start to lead people there and start to open yourself to God as a leader and say God what are you wanting to do in my context because you know your context and God knows your context Jesus is right in your context and he's leading you and he's leading therefore your people so from that perspective there if you're on the other side maybe we've got to bring the pendulum back a little bit, you know, from, I don't know, swinging from the chandeliers or whatever (laughs) it might be. Anything goes, you know, open mic. Maybe we've got to move back a little bit to create a safer environment, but that's okay. Lead people. Our task as, I think, um, a friend of mine, Gary Rucci from up in Brisbane puts it well. He said he leads the church. He doesn't just pastor the church. He leads the church. Our task is leadership. We've been appointed as leaders to lead. So let's lead. Let's lead people and lead them in the presence of God. It's an attractive. Yeah, it does. I think it's... um, It's not very Baptist, though, is it? Well, you know, (laughs) we... Everyone is listening to this. Like, I'm thinking of of churches where they you know, they may have overswung and um, over-spiritualized mm. or um, put prophets on a pedestal. Um, and I think the biggest challenge on both ends is how do we bring gifts into community? How yes. do we actually create the space within our community to 
identify who's gifted, but also recognise how do we individually grow in each of the gifts. So um, I loved our conversation as just before we hit record on on this podcast where you were talking about the fact that actually God wants us to be able to operate in all of the gifts, not just say, I'm a pastor, so therefore it, the rest of them don't matter to me or I can't do them. Um, yeah. It's actually that sense that God wants us to grow in all of them. And so if profit's not our primary gifting or it's something that we're not used to doing, then finding ways to learn for ourselves. Um, you know, it's that whole thing, we can't lead people where we haven't been. And so if we're uncomfortable with the prophetic, then that's probably going to come out as we attempt to lead people deeper in exploring God. I think there are yeah. some really simple ways, regardless of what flavor your church is, around creating space for hearing and recognizing God's spirit. And, you know, I've had just as profound encounters in worship, in singing, and God speaking to me through songs as I have with sermons or people praying for me um, and bringing prophetic words to me. So I think we need to recognize the Spirit is moving across everything that we do. Um, And there's ways that God speaks to us in all of those spaces, but also we can actually help our church engage with the prophetic without actually terming or using ever using the term prophecy if we wanted to. Like if we're that far sort of on the other other end. So I think just finding the natural ways to encourage and do some of that cultural change is really important for us. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I think, you know, when we were talking before, that that whole idea of, you know, 5Q that Alan Hirsch talks about in his book, um, that we we don't get we can't actually just say well i'm an evangelist therefore i evangelize and i don't have to shepherd people or i don't have to um you know be prophetic or i don't have to whatever actually jesus exhibits all of those fivefold ministry gifts within his life you do, in fact you see god exhibiting them from the point of creation right through in his person and so when you realize that you go well just as they're all present in jesus they should all be present in us and so therefore i think it is a matter of us stepping forward and and doing that and there are ways of you know putting some boundaries around things you know i think one of the things it's not just about our church services but also about our small groups it's about our relationships it's around dinner tables in our own family we were having a conversation around a dinner table the other night about the prophetic which was amazing to have that relationship where we can talk with our son-in-law and one of our daughters just around how we experience the prophetic and we all hear God differently which is awesome which is awesome so yeah and and I think but all is valuable and and to be able to then share with each other what God's saying to us is actually a really good discipline for even our small groups and our friendships marriages to be able to share those things as well i think that then again that's where the prophetic operates within the life of the church as well not just in our public gatherings i'm a bit worried because during our podcast i think we say all the time i totally agree i'm wondering (laughs) if there will ever be a time where we go oh andrew i really don't agree with that (laughs) 
there's got to be something. <laughs> uh, we're not going to. So on this podcast, I just want to point out we will never talk football teams, and uh, because I think that probably is where we'd go totally disagree. But um... we probably would, and we won't go there today either. <laughs> Because I'm not feeling like we should. (laughs) Uh, Well, if you but this is this is a really this is a really good conversation piece, and and I hope it creates. And look, I I think my hope is that this actually creates within leaders and within churches some dialogue around. Okay, well if we're strong in teaching, you know, this is great. This is awesome. What about this particular area of our church life? What about this? You know, where is the prophetic within our church? Where is it operating? Is it operating in our small groups? Is it operating in our worship services? Is it da-da-da-da-da? Let's ask those questions. And I think, as I said before, the responsibility of leaders is to take some of that lead and commit it to God and and ask him, what are you wanting me to do? Where are you wanting me to explore? And where are you wanting me to take your people? Um, Or where are you wanting us to take our people? And so, yeah, good questions. And I hope these discussions that we've had today really, um, I guess, start to, you know, get people asking some of those questions within their churches. Perfect. Uh, we would love to hear some questions that you guys have that you, as you're listening through, maybe this is um, triggered off some, oh, but how do I sort of thoughts or questions. We would love you to engage with us on those because um, we are going to start reading out. We have a listener question today. Let's answer this Yay. one. <laughs> Yay. Um, so I've got one saved up for next time maybe, but uh, we would love to engage with you. I think our time might be up, Andrew. Um, and well, so it's been an awesome conversation. Uh, so hopefully I'll look forward to our next one. Yeah. Thanks for chatting, Chris. And thanks for listening, everyone. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Prophecy Project. We hope you've been encouraged as you've listened today. We would love to connect with you. You can do that by following Accessible Prophecy on Instagram and Facebook. If you have a question or topic you would like us to cover, please check the podcast information description for ways that you can connect with us and for links to resources, workshops and coaching. We hope you'll join us for the next Prophecy Project podcast.